welcome to Four-Legged Kids Unleashed, a peek inside 25 years of private care for St. Louis pet families. I'm Janie Budnick, president and founder of Four-Legged Kids. Get ready for stories from the trenches, along with a bit of advice for you pet parents out there, because our day is way more than cuddling your cute puppers and fluffers. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Four-Legged Kids Unleashed, where we fill you in on the entertaining stories, the scary stories, the fun times we have had with St. Louis pets, and the things we have learned along the way. Today, I am actually going to fill you in on a little story. You know, I'm not going to just tell you that it's all sunshine and unicorns. I am definitely going to call us out on some of the stupid things that we have done. Now, I am going to back way up on this, and I'm honestly just calling myself out on this, pretty much throwing myself under the bus. This was back within the first probably five years of doing this, so I was early 20s, early to mid 20s at the time, and of course, the hubris of success of being a business owner and supporting myself, uh, taking care of other people's pets in St. Louis, and knowing an awful lot about pets, but not being well-trained in pet behavior and all of the different circumstances that a professional pet care provider really should be aware of. Because of course, if you have not understood this, there are no standards in the pet industry. There are third-party certifications for dog training. So, of course, if you are looking for a real dog trainer, you do want to make sure that they have CPDT after their name because that is a certified professional dog trainer. That is the third-party certification for dog trainers. Groomers don't have third-party certifications. I believe they're about to come out with them actual pet care directly itself. There now is a third-party certification, which is the Professional Animal Care Certification Council. Uh, That is the third-party certification. Otherwise, anyone else who says they are certified, they could be self-certified. They could be through some kind of an organization online where they take a little quiz online and read some information and are, quote, certified. But standards are very loose in the industry, which is one of the things that I am making my magnum opus for the next 25 years in the industry is creating standards of care for your pets. So your pets do receive standardized, proper, safe care. Okay, well, I'm stepping off of my soapbox there. I'm going to rewind back to my stupid days when I did not have the knowledge that I have now. And I want to tell you a little bit about one particular dog. So this dog, we did, we, I I say we, I always say we all the time, but this was me. And it was all me at this point. I was walking this beautiful German Shepherd in Kirkwood. Uh, It was five days a week. I would take care of him. He was amazing. You know, one of those dogs that, I mean, you, you even start strutting when you walk a dog like this because 
it wasn't they were looking at me on the street. They were looking at this dog. People thought this dog was absolutely gorgeous, and so did I. He was super sweet. He had an interesting history, though. He was a police dog failure. I guess he had gotten a big F from the police dog training people and was washed out of their program. And so my client had uh, taken him on and adopted him out of that program. I didn't think much about it. Didn't really know what the police dog training was all about. At that point, I had not had all of the education I now have on dog behavior, training, body language, etc. And so I just went about my merry way, walking this dog, taking care of it. The client had a lovely fenced-in backyard with a pool, and many times we would go out there and just play ball out on the pool deck. Well, there was one time when we were coming back from a walk. We would always come in the side gate of the pool, and we would go in the the walkout sliding door there from the pool deck going inside, and the pool guy was there. I had seen him before, and, you know, nice guy. And so he had the uh, the pole where he was, you know, skimming the surface of the water to get all the, the crud out, so it was ready to swim. And the dog I was taking care of, like, his hackles went up. And he kind of got that hard stare and that forward-leaning body that shows that he was very tense. And, you know, I was like, ah, I'm just going to blow this off. I don't really know what's going on. So went ahead and started walking him on leash around the pool deck towards where the pool guy was who was using a long pole and moving it up and down in the air while he was skimming the surface of the water. Before I knew it, this dog was about to pull my arm out of socket, charging the pool guy to attack him. I mean, that was like a heartbeat-stopping moment, and then the adrenaline kicks in. At this point, again, still young and stupid, did not know everything that I know now. What did I do? Grab the dog and put myself in between the dog and the pool guy. Don't know why that was a good idea. But the end result was a large chunk of flesh missing from the side of my right thigh, of which I still have a scar. And this, I would estimate, was at least 20 years ago. So when I looked into that a little bit more, anytime I've had an issue with a dog, I always like to, you know, unpack what was the problem? What can I learn from this? What can I do differently next time? Wow, there was a whole lot in there. Number one, any of you who might be in police work yourselves or understand a lot more about dog training than I knew at that point, is the way that police dogs are trained, of course, of having the uh, the stick and raising it in the air and the different signals for, um, you know, the dog that is supposed to respond to. And so the dog clearly saw the pool guy as a threat, unbeknownst to me. So the pool guy and I both learned a valuable lesson that day, and so did my right thigh, of course, 
holding nothing against this dog in that scenario. I can say that for many people that are in the professional pet care field, we are kind of like Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. We start comparing our scars. It's like, hey, look, man, that one's from a German Shepherd. Oh, I got a nice one here on my right arm from a cockatoo named Peaches who was totally pissed that I didn't have a grape in hand when I tried to put her back into her cage. Oh, this one on my left hand. Yeah, you should check that out. That's a pretty good scar. That was from a golden retriever. Yes. Oh, yep. And this one over here on my right ankle, that was a chihuahua. Uh, I got three or four here on my legs from a pit bull. Yeah, we are totally like lethal weapon whenever we compare our scars. Weird though we may be, that is what we do because each one of them has a story and has a learning lesson behind it because that is the most important thing is that we learn and grow. This was a bit of a rambling one. I don't really know what the moral of the story is today or what kind of tips and advice I can give you. Do know that if a German Shepherd has failed out of a police dog training program, don't use the pool skimmer around them. Chihuahuas can leave scars just like pit bulls. Fortunately, we have learned so much and we now do regular annual training with our entire team on dog behavior, requiring them to watch videos, take tests, and return demonstrate that they are safe and your pets are, of course, safe with us. One of the rambling four-legged kids unleash stories that we have for this week. Y'all make it a wonderful week and we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Four-Legged Kids Unleashed. If you are needing dog walking and pet sitting yourself, check out our website at fourleggedkids.com. And as always, if you have a warm heart for another cold nose, make sure you visit one of our sponsored shelters at fourleggedkids.com forward slash rescue.